0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of called bank sports. Thank you for taking some time away from being glued to your television screen, watching the round of 64 um, for just the Utah call out. Sadly, Utah state um lost yesterday to Texas tech after having a pretty good first half, but it was awesome to see the Aggies get into the tournament this year. And tonight, fingers crossed that BYU is able to beat UCLA and move on to the second round. So, I mean, hopefully that would happen because right now, frankly, even though the game against Toronto last night was amazing for the Utah Jazz and the Boston win this week was great, it's been a rough past 10, 11 games for Utah. And they've had one of the um, worst defenses in the league since since they played Philly last, I believe. And that's just really been kind of um, a stark contrast to what we've seen. I still believe that they have the number one ranked half court defense in the NBA um, currently, but their transition offense defense has been absolutely horrendous. And that's, what's really hurt the jazz, especially against the wizards on Thursday. So the jazz definitely were absolutely flawless, more or less for those 25, 26 games um, in the first half. And now we're kind of coming back down to earth as jazz fans. So, Dale, what has kind of been your take, and why do you think that, what are you taking away from the Jazz um kind of collapse as is right now?
1: Well, you brought up a really good point there of the the transition defense, and this this wasn't something that I talked about much when we were winning, uh, but I was noticing that whenever a team got out on transition against the Jazz, like it was an easy bucket for them every time. But what I was noticing is, uh, like, even with the Jazz turnovers, I don't know what was happening, whether teams just weren't pushing the ball enough against the Jazz, or the Jazz were just good at stopping the transition before it was actually a transition situation. So that's something I was noticing. I uh, So that's something to be concerned about. Maybe teams are figuring out you just have to push the ball and play fast pace against the Jazz. At the same time, though, with the defensive pieces they have, I'm sure they'll they'll figure that out but we were kind of talking before we hit the record button and it it's kind of funny how right now like just before the all-star break and just after it's really similar to how they started the season and so maybe they just kind of got out of rhythm right there they're taking a few tough games they win some they lose some and then they'll get back into rhythm and start winning so uh, i don't know what what do you think's going on to like do you think there's any specific thing you need to fix or or they just need to get back into rhythm
0: i think they need to get back into rhythm i think one thing is what the jazz have done so amazingly is they've played team basketball which involves a lot of passing out of the paint and a lot of passing around the perimeter and as teams are working to take that away um it makes it hard for the jazz to be in the rhythm that they want to be in to get as many wide open catch and shoot threes or just good um And if the ball doesn't go down into the hoop, then it's a fast break opportunity the other way pretty much every time. So I think that's where you see a big difference, is if shots are falling for the Jazz and they're getting it in, um, then the other team isn't able to play nearly as fast and isn't able to exploit that, that weakness. So the Jazz um, have had a terrible offense the last seven or eight games um, in the first quarter they're um they're less than one point of possession which you never want to be in the nba um it means you're gonna lose the game and so while they've come back and had really good offensive games like they had a really good game against the wizards but they were never able to really come back from a terrible first quarter so that has been something that the jazz have struggled with all year is starting games strong but they've been starting them even weaker as of late so i think that the um there's maybe a level of lackadaisicalness that the Jazz have, that the winning kind of got to the Jazz guys' heads, and Rudy Gobert um put it perfectly when he said, "We haven't accomplished bleep. Uh, the Jazz really haven't accomplished anything. There's no award for having the number one seed March twentieth, twenty twenty one, other than maybe like feeling good. But if you lose it, you're not going to feel good and um come playoff time. So." I think that this is really good for the jazz to learn through some adversity here. And they definitely have an easy schedule for the rest of the season that they can come back with. And that's why I think they're still going to get the one seed is because there's not enough good teams on their schedule to really put them at jeopardy in jeopardy of losing it. And if they do lose it, then I don't know if they really deserved it ever in the first place.
1: Yeah, those are some interesting points. I like going kind of back to that pace of the game. I I think that's really interesting that the Jazz have a bad defense when the other team's going fast, but they have an amazing offense when they're going fast. And so, I think this that that's kind of a it's it's a weird dynamic there, but I think it's a good sign because it allows the Jazz to control the game. If they are ahead and their offense is do, is looking good, then they push the pace of the game as hard as they can because when the Jazz are like hot, they can outscore any team. And so, if they can push the pace, they know that they'll they'll be a net positive. But then, if they're trying to come behind, or if they're trying to come back, or they're not shooting as well, then they can forcefully. Slow down the game when they're on offense, and like really take up the shot clock, make sure that you get the best shot every possession and And that will increase your field goal percentage, which will decrease fast breaks, and then that will let the jazz get back on defense, get the stops when they're good at getting stops and so I think that like it's obviously tougher said than done, but I think be with the talent the jazz have, and even when they're not playing good. If they're proactive about it, and they take control rather than letting the other team take control, kind of like what happened against the wizards, then then they'll still be able to win these games, even the tough games.
0: Yeah, so so I do have a question here. I kind of want to put you a bit on the spot, since you said taking more of the shot clock and making sure you get a good look every possession. And so is an oh, and now this is worded terribly, but I feel like a lot of the times in the NBA, you actually get bad shots. Um, later in the shot clock, when you had good wide open looks earlier in the clock, because so many players don't want to shoot the ball, you know, with 16 or 18 seconds on the, um, left on the, on the shot clock. So is there a big difference for you? There is a good shot, a good shot, or do you think that there's something inherently better about a shot being taken later in the shot clock?
1: Um, yeah, it's it's not necessarily later in the shot clock that makes it better. Like, obviously, if you get a wide open three with Bojan in the corner with like early in the shot clock, that's probably the best shot you're going to get in that. In that well, possession. I don't know
0: if I want Bojan taking any three pointers right now, even though he needs to get out of his slump. I'll I don't know.
1: I'd, I'd still like a corner three is the easiest three wide open yeah. He has the time to shoot it. I He's going to be over 50 percent even in a shooting slump, I would bet with that shot. Um, yeah but the the nice thing about having like if you have the mindset of you need to get early shot clock stuff that is awesome when you're hitting your shots and you may be getting good shots, but three pointers are a lower percentage shot if a lot of players on your team just aren't hitting them, then you don't want like obviously you want them to get like start hitting them, but sometimes like if if you play basketball and you're just nothing's dropping. Sometimes you just need to make a layup and then your shots start falling. And yeah, so I just, think if if they're behind and their shots aren't falling, then if you come into the play with the mindset of okay, here's a play that we're running. It takes some time to set up, but we have a really good chance at getting a good shot right at the end. Then I think that's a good mindset. They they're planning for that and they're they're playing a chess game for the full 24 seconds rather yeah. than Just trying to pass it around, see what happens, and then, oh, crap, five seconds are left. Give it to Clarkson. Give it to Mitchell and let them do an ISO, which they're both great at doing ISOs, but that's not going to lead to the best shot quality.
0: Yeah, they're both great at ISO, and um, I'd say the Jazz do better with Jordan at ISO just because typically he's in the second unit. I feel like when Mitchell's on ISO, it's just a situation I never want to see the jazz in because it either means it's a close game late or it means the jazz are getting um, pummeled. So Mitchell and ISO just isn't really necessarily good news for the jazz. Um, I, I just don't like being in positions where he has to be in there, but that that's some really good. Those were some really interesting points. And I think that shows um, where the jazz need Gobert to go from, I mean, the all-star superstar caliber defender and, um, like offensive piece that he is. And I say offensive because he really does, even if it's not his, um, him dunking the ball or him getting a layup, he really does add so much offensively to the jazz. But if he's able to get better with having the ball in his hands and, um, being in the post and getting it in the hoop consistently and up his scoring by a few shots a game, that would really, um, just having him be able to play that well in the post by himself, when the jazz need a bucket like that, if he can go get it, that will take this team to like the next, next level. Mm -hmm. And that would really, I feel like, um, cement Rudy Gobert a lot more as an all-star caliber center in this league, even though I don't think he needs to do that. I think that that would help with his, with the perception of him and I'm rambling at this point. So, so you say your thoughts on,
1: yeah, like, Imagine Gobert where he even gets half as good at the sky hook as Kareem. Like like imagine Gobert with a sky hook. No one's he's he's long enough, he's tall enough. There's no one in the league who could stop that. And so if he can get good enough that when he likes his positioning in the post and he gets one or two of those a game, that can be huge and it could eventually turn into like if he can get that down, he'd be a monstrous scorer. So like I'm I would love to see him go. Like study old school center scoring, and really if anyone can bring it back, Gobert could bring it back. And so obviously, um, he like, I bet he works most of his game on the defensive end, which is really where we need him, but if if he could figure that out and get that comfortable enough that he could use it in game, um, he would be a monster. Like he could become an unstoppable offensive force as well.
0: Yeah, I listened to the Toronto Raptors um, pregame on Sirius XM last, um, yesterday since I was driving through Provo Canyon, so I wasn't able to um, listen to 1280. And they had like only a 10 to, 12, 10 to 12 minute pregame. The amount of respect that they had for Rudy Gobert, because even though he was questionable with a hip injury last night, that is literally the only jazz guy they talked about the whole time, <laughs> talking about how terrified they were to play him. So like, that's, that's just kind of for some outside perspective for the jazz fans where the respect that was there for him, not only on the defensive end, but saying, how are we going to stop him offensively? Because he's always a threat. If you can, if you can dunk the ball on your tippy toes, you're always going to be an offensive threat, even if you're not, um, like an all-star caliber scorer. So I just feel like that shows how important Gobert is to this team. And if he took that one um, small step, that would be a really big step for him would just change the outlook of this jazz team for me in so many ways.
1: Yeah. I, I would love to see him do something like that. And, and you bring up a good point. Like, I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on how good centers can be offensively, even if they can't shoot, uh, like, uh, watching, Ah, uh, Boban. Um, he what is he like? Seven foot four, so he's a few inches taller than Gobert. But it's like you put him out there, and he's kind of like a cheat code. He's just so much bigger than everyone. If there's a rebound, he and he's in the area, he's going to get to it way before anyone else. Like he's just so much taller that he just kind of lifts the ball up above his head and like just dunks it on someone without even jumping. And so that's kind of like Gobert's situation where. If we can, if he can feel comfortable in that post, then uh, he he can become kind of like a cheat code on offense as well. Um, yeah, definitely. And and uh, honestly, like this is kind of us seeing from the outside and 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 seeing how how we'd like to happen. Obviously, Quinn Snyder knows what he's doing. He's a smart coach, and um, obviously, it, I don't know how much time they put in that development wise for Gobert. So, yeah. Uh, I, if he could get to that point, that'd be great. But maybe we're we're there's something that we're missing, and so uh, hey, maybe well, I mean, dreaming. he put up a corner three against the Wizards. Probably the reason we <laughs> did, did it did go in. Did you see
0: that play? No, no I uh, didn't. No, he he got the ball inbounded to him with like one and a half seconds left on the shot clock in the corner. So the only option at that point is the- to heave it, and sadly. Rudy Gobert still has zero three-point makes Do, in his career.
1: Dwight Howard hit a three on the Jazz when when we played Philly. And, and, like, he he was open, so he just pulled up. It wasn't like a late shot clock, and he hit it. And, like, have you seen Dwight Howard shoot threes before? Is that, like, a new thing? Um, the, I, I think
0: it's a pretty new thing. I remember in high school I did a report on three-point efficiency, and I think Dwight Howard had more— had. A higher three point percentage than Kobe that year because Dwight had taken like three <laughs> shots and made one of them, and Kobe had like a 30, 30%. So, I mean, Dwight Howard, I think, has had seasons where he shot better technically than than Kobe Bryant from three, but there's a reason they do the 150 minimum attempts. Yeah. Because it, it has if to be you make statistically one three point, relevant. If you make the one three pointer you take. I mean, dang, you're going to have the best field goal percentage from three point of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but um no Gobert like is never really going to i think ever have that three point shot um he's not comfortable enough with his with his length like and i i don't even know if it's possible since I, i'll have to look at like Jokic's arm span but Gobert's arm span i'm sure is much longer than Jokic's so having to like move all of that just seems like there's so much more room for error. And that's one of the big reasons I think that big guys struggle from, from the free throw line is they have so much more body to move when Donovan can just like take his shot in half a second and move his relatively short arms. Definitely short in comparison.
1: Yeah. Well, and you look at Giannis trying to shoot threes, like Giannis spends tons and tons of time trying to get that jumper down and he like hits them when he's open, but his shot looks really awkward. You can tell it's not really a consistent form. That unless he fixes something, like he's not going to be a regular three point shooter. And yeah. and my Giannis, I mean, Gobert is in that same boat as Giannis right there.
0: Yeah, and Giannis is definitely athletic enough that I feel like he w- he's able to dribble in a way that he could create space for himself. Um, I don't think we're ever gonna see. Go bear dribbling between the legs a few times and then stepping back and shedding a defender. Yeah, the way that I don't want to see Logan. that. <laughs> hey, I want to see it. I don't want to see him try, but I want to see it happen. Because if it tries, it's a turnover and it's going back the other way. But I mean, if he did it, that would be insane.
1: I'd be okay seeing it in like pregame shoot around.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll take it. So um, the the other thing that's kind of been hurting the Jazz of late is both Clarkson and Bojan are on, um, are on slumps, more or less. And Bojan had a good game, I believe, against the Celtics, but not Bojan, sorry, Clarkson. And looking at those players, like, if one of them plays a tiny bit better against the Wizards, we win the game. Like, it was that close at points, and so if Clarkson hits some of his threes, or Bojan does it, then the Jazz win. So... Last night, um, Coach Q did something I did not expect. He benched Boyan to end the game and put Ingles in. So do you want to see more adjustments like this, which is why we won the game last night? Or do you want to um, see Quinn just put Boyan out there, let him shoot to his heart's content until he finally gets back in a rhythm? Or is there a mix that you prefer?
1: Yeah, I... I... I hate saying mixed cuz it feels like a non answer but i feel like it is mixed like you still want to give Bojan uh probably a few less minutes like keep him in the high 20s if he's not shooting well but give him that's plenty of minutes for him to get enough shots off like get those game reps for him to like get comfortable there but if ingles is shooting better if ingles is like ingles is a better defender and i want him out there in the in those close games in those final minutes um, yeah, and, and and like I'm guessing what Bojan's going through is something really similar to like what Paul George was going through in the playoffs, where sometimes it's like like shooting is such a mental game that sometimes your mind just isn't quite in the right place, and that can be really hard to get there. and And that's what I'm guessing is you see those slumps happen, and so hopefully there's a game where he can just get hot and and his mindset will be back that okay I can hit shots again.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think it's hard because. I I do wonder how he felt about being taken out of the game um, for the, for the end of it last night, because he's the guy who hit the game winner against Milwaukee last year and against Houston for the jazz. Like he's done some amazing things late game for Utah. So pulling him out really like could be really damaging to um, like how he views himself, because I'm sure it's already pretty low right now, but what I've been saying is, unless you're going to trade Boyan, which I know a lot of people do, and I'm not sure how I feel about that, we need him to um, be making shots in the playoffs. So I'd rather sacrifice games um, to hopefully let him get get back in it. I do think, though, last night, I do think when I see, there, it's important that there's a balance, though, because last night the Jazz really needed a win, especially after the loss to the Wizards. So maybe coach looks at it and says, Can we lose this one? Like, what are the negative consequences of of losing this one? And to the Wizards, it sucked. Um, Hopefully it was motivating, but there weren't a lot. If you were to go lose to Toronto the next night, I feel like that would have been really bad for the Jazz, and so he went and made some adjustments to get a win. I'll be interested to see if we kind of see that where some nights he'll let Bojan finish be, and Bojan's doing terrible. And then other nights where maybe we feel like the Jazz need a win, you'll see Joe coming out and finishing the game. But that, that's kind of what I, I think we might see from Coach Q because his job right now is to make get Bojan back in a rhythm. And if that takes losing some games, having Bojan at 80% of what he was last season, I'll take three, four losses, five, losses to get Bojan back at that caliber.
1: Yeah, that's and if he does get back to like what we were seeing him at peak Bojan last season. Uh, like cuz we haven't seen that from him this season. And the There's Jazz been have like been, one or two games, but yeah, yeah the, like it's the Jazz not have been consistent. great still without that. So if he gets there, that um that just like solidifies the Jazz's like the position that they're in. But obviously yeah. uh I'm guessing, honestly, this whole year is probably going to be a little bit off. He missed a lot of time last year. He's still trying to, like, uh, I'm sure, like he's he's still trying to get the strength back from the surgery because that can take longer than you think to get. It's probably like 98, percent but like that two percent can be a difference yeah. maker. So,
0: and everyone um, else is doing yeah. so well that he's not getting the 20-25 shots he was getting last year. Since you mm-hmm. just can't justify it when Ingles and Mitchell and Conley and um, most of the time Clarkson are doing significantly better than him. You just can't give him the reps that he's used to getting.
1: So, yeah. and that's another thing that's tough to justify is like, you may give him the minutes, but if Mitchell's on fire, you want to let Mitchell shoot. You don't want to like tell Mitchell to slow down to, to let Bojan shoot 10 more shots. Yeah. well, So
0: those are our takes on where the Jazz are right now. Let us know in the comments what you feel, what you think, and how you think the Jazz are going to do in their games this next week. And also, um, I'm lame. I didn't do a bracket this year, but Dale did his bracket. So let us know in the comments if your bracket is busted, which I think everyone is, everyone's is, because once Oral Roberts beats OSU, that's the end of it. But let us know how your March Madness is going too. So Thank you so much for everyone for tuning in and have a great week.